Chapter 7 The Oral Hearing The subject line on the letterhead read, Attention. It was a document from the prosecutor's office. Apparently, the letter I wrote to my ex was being documented as evidence against me. The prosecutors wrote that I had thanked my ex for teaching me how to commit tax fraud. That was absurd. In my attempt to create a positive response to uplift both of our spirits during this time, in my letter to my ex, I thanked her for being supportive of my professional career decisions, because I know it wasn't easy at the time to cope with a lot of time spent away during my 15-month deployment to Afghanistan when I was in the military, and after finishing my time in service, also supporting my transition to another government agency that had me traveling across the U.S., the Middle East, and parts of Southwest Asia prior to starting the consumer goods trading business. Where I failed, which became apparent after receiving the notice, is I didn't mention the specific professions in the letter as I've done for you now. This opened the door for the prosecutor to put their own spin on it and say that I was thanking my ex for showing me how to set up a business to commit tax fraud. Damn. This one is on me. How do I fix this? I took out a pen and a piece of paper and started to respond to the notice. I stated that I felt the prosecutor had taken what I had written out of context and provided a more detailed explanation of what I was thanking my ex for and emphasized that it had absolutely nothing to do with setting up a business to commit tax fraud. I'm sure my lawyer was also informed of this, and I was ready to provide my explanation to him so he could add my statement to the record. I was not going to let that bring my spirits down. I had an oral hearing coming up very soon. My statement was pretty much prepared, and my lawyer had arranged a date for the pretrial detention judge and prosecutor's office, which was July 2nd, 2012. My lawyer had also submitted my other requests for either a copy of the files for my laptop to be available or the laptop itself during the oral hearing. This would provide me with a fair opportunity to present evidence to back up my statements. Despite everything that was happening, I still carried myself in such a manner that demonstrated good behavior, which in turn gave me access to another perk the prison wardens had within their power to provide. During the latter part of the afternoon, people on good behavior were given permission to congregate with other cellmates on the same cell block. We were permitted to hang out inside locked cells to play board games, watch television, share snacks, converse, etc. Initially, I had built the most rapport with the other American guy on the floor, so naturally, when I was given the chance to hang out with other cellmates, he was the first. In between our board games and conversations, I rehearsed my statement for the oral hearing with him. Although he listened and gave me helpful feedback on my statement, I detected an undertone of pessimism. When I asked him why he wasn't so enthusiastic about this opportunity presented to me, he had nothing positive to say about the German justice system and his experience so far. He suggested for me to tamper my expectations over the results of the upcoming oral hearing. He warned me of how the prosecutor's office 
would find ways to keep the arrest warrant in place. I appreciated his candidness and perspective. I was also confident that, in my case, due to this being a business-related charge, if I was able to show legitimate proof of the transactions, it would be hard to deny the facts at that point. I remained level-headed and confident in my plan, and confident the information I had stored on my laptop hard drive would be sufficient to grant me a release from prison. After my release, I would still be willing to cooperate and surrender my passport if necessary. Before we go any further, let's recap our timeline for a minute. May 15th, 2012, the original raid happens with the arrest warrant not intended for me. I am provisionally arrested and held overnight at a German police station. The next morning, I am presented to a judge with an arrest warrant specifically for me. The arrest warrant is executed on May 16th, and I am sent to pretrial detention. I gather my bearings, secure a lawyer, receive a translated version of the arrest warrant, and set a date for an oral hearing on July 2nd, 2012. 48 days after my initial arrest, the day of my oral hearing had come. I went through the process of getting ready to go to the courthouse, including several security checks, waiting in at least two different sections of the prison, and finally getting moved onto a transport van. When I arrived at the courthouse and was put into a holding cell, I was informed by someone from the courthouse that my lawyer would be there to see me prior to being presented in front of the judge. I kept rehearsing my statement and annotating the points in the statement where I would be able to show supporting evidence. After about 30 minutes or so, the cell door opened and my lawyer showed up. Let's just say that he didn't look particularly thrilled. We greeted each other briefly and he followed by indicating he had some not so great news. After everything that has happened so far, what could possibly be worse? The lawyer shared that the prosecutor's office had canceled the current arrest warrant. That's great. Let me out of here, I thought. Then the lawyer followed by sharing that another arrest warrant had been issued in its place. What is the meaning of this? Was it that the prosecutor simply created the initial arrest warrant as a placeholder to buy time to dig a little deeper to have more substance to use against me? What was the strategy with this? I prepared a statement for this current arrest warrant. Was this by design to throw me this curveball? My lawyer said the new arrest warrant was available and he had requested time to consult with me to review the new arrest warrant prior to being presented to the judge. A translator was permitted into the cell and together with my lawyer and the new or second arrest warrant was presented to me. Here's where things get even more interesting. During the opening paragraph of the new arrest warrant, which was the building block for the rest of the charges made against me, the language had the same description of my registered company being bogus as the previous arrest warrant. The difference I immediately noticed was this arrest warrant stated I had a bunch of invoices issued to other companies. However, those invoices did not have banking information listed thus not making it possible for the transfer of funds to happen. According to the German authorities, 
This was suspicious and fed into the narrative of fake invoices being created for the purposes of claiming VAT. There was also a mention of a Dutch company I was 25% shareholder and director of, which hadn't even conducted any consumer goods trading. It was primarily used for a biofuels project in Peru and R&D for solar photovoltaic technology in Ghana. I wasn't sure how the connection was being made to VAT in Germany. The rest of the arrest warrant expanded on the foundation of the invoices not having banking information listed and provided examples of specific transactions and how that led to VAT loss in Germany. I immediately brought to my lawyer's attention that my company had an official registered bank account and I could easily show proof with bank statements verifying the funds sent for goods purchased and received for goods sold for each of the transactions listed. I shared that I usually attached the banking information separately when I sent out the invoices. Perhaps this could be playing to my advantage. My prepared statement should still work, and I could still provide evidence to exonerate myself based on this new arrest warrant. I asked my lawyer if we could view the files from my laptop so I could start to show him the evidence I had been speaking of. There was a slight pause and my lawyer informed me that our request to have the laptop and laptop files present at the oral hearing had been denied. What do you mean denied? What about copies of the files from the hard drive and not the laptop itself? My lawyer expressed to me that he didn't understand the reason for the denial and would request further explanation from the judge during the oral hearing so he could advise me on next steps. I felt like my statement would just be a bunch of words without any real substance if I'm not able to show information to prove my claim. We still can make this work. Let's execute on what we have. My lawyer indicated to the security guard that we were ready to see the judge. The lawyer and translator were first to exit. A few minutes later, the security guard escorted me down the hallway and into the chamber where my lawyer and translator sat on the left side of the room. On the right side was the prosecutor and the investigators from the Finansamt, or tax office. The judge sat in the center along with her staff. There were some other people in the room I was not familiar with. It was awkward to have everyone turn towards me when I entered the room. Being the center of attention under the current circumstances was not very pleasant. We were all brought on our feet as the oral hearing started. The court formalities included the judge being introduced, me confirming my identity, and the reason why we were all summoned for this oral hearing. As the charges in the arrest warrant were being read out loud, I made an observation in connection to a point worth mentioning. After hearing the judge's name again, it clicked in my mind that this was the same judge that had executed the initial arrest warrant and had also signed the new arrest warrant. I looked across the room to attempt to read the body language of the prosecutor and his team. They seemed to be pretty comfortable and relaxed about everything. I might have even seen a smirk on one of their faces. Wait a minute. Was this just a formality that needed to happen in order not to break any rules? As the charges against me were enumerated and concluded, 
The judge asked me if I had any statements to make in my defense. Absolutely. She gave me the floor to proceed. Here's an excerpt from my statement. When I was first presented to the court on May 16th, I did not understand the accusations against me, nor did I understand the evidence used to support the accusations. After having the opportunity to read the translated arrest warrant, along with the new arrest warrant, it was immediately apparent to me that the accusations are false. After the information I present, I believe the court will have a different opinion about me. This negative perception is centered around my involvement with the Dutch company I am associated with, as well as consumer goods trading operations conducted by my Cyprus company. I kindly ask the court to consider the following background information and supporting documentation. I started with the Dutch company, provided an explanation of the business operations and how I could prove the legitimacy of the company. I spent a lot more time providing counter-arguments to the accusations centered around my Cyprus company and trading transactions. That seemed to hold the most weight in this case. Keep in mind that I had to keep a slow pace while presenting the information because the translator would need a moment to listen in English and translate out loud in German. I emphasized that all business transactions from my Cyprus company went through the company's corporate account. Not a single transaction went through a personal account. And I had copies of bank statement, purchase and sales performers, photos of the goods, damaged stock clients were reimbursed for, and proof of logistics supporting the movement and storage of the goods in question. I also informed the judge and prosecutor's office that all the business transactions were reported to the Cyprus tax authorities through the company that provided me with my office services, including accounting and virtual office space, and everything could easily be verified through the Cyprus tax authorities. I made it a point to highlight the distinction between my company and my ex's company. We were not one in the same, and she had no legal right to make any decisions in my company, nor did I with her company. As I highlighted the transactions, I reiterated the importance of being able to show the evidence with the files on my laptop. In between sentences, I would look up to see the reactions of both the judge and the prosecutor's office. As I was about halfway through my statement, the judge looked at the clock on the wall, interrupted me, and asked me if I was almost done. And there was an awkward moment of silence. I looked at my lawyer for guidance. My lawyer, in his own words, requested for the judge to give me the opportunity to give my full statement. I believe he referenced a German law that basically states that an accused has the right to present a statement in their defense. My lawyer stated the accusations were serious and that I was taking them seriously and would like a fair opportunity to make an argument and show documents to prove otherwise. The judge appeared to back off and allow me to continue. This is the judge that is making the decision on if I can have my freedom back or not. It started to feel like a conclusion had already been reached and that this was a formality. I reluctantly concluded my statement. My lawyer chimed in right away and asked me, 
do you have any evidence you could present to support your statement? I said, yes, I do. Where would this evidence be located? I said, on the files on my laptop. The lawyer said, that's great. He addressed the judge and stated that this was the exact reason why it was important for either the laptop or copies of the files from the hard drive to be present and accessible during the oral hearing. The lawyer asked why the request was denied. The judge said she denied the request because I could delete incriminating evidence while the laptop was in my possession. But the hard drive could be copied to maintain the integrity of the original files. We did not need to have the original files. We could have been provided with copies. Everyone in the courtroom had to have known that. My lawyer vocalized the point regarding obtaining a copy of the hard drive as part of his request for the oral hearing. This was a major showstopper for me. No files, no proof, empty statement. I looked at my lawyer. Can the judge do that? My lawyer didn't look very pleased with the answer the judge provided. He probed further and the judge said that she was not the judge that was going to be reciting over my trial. She was only responsible for deciding if I should be kept in pretrial detention or not. As she stated that, she looked over at the prosecutor. And the arrest warrant states that I'm the one colluding? This looks and feels like collusion to me. Making accusations... Generating an arrest warrant and not granting the accused access to documents that could help prove his case doesn't sound like something that should be coming out of a civilized justice system. Yet, here we were. The judge concluded the oral hearing and stated that the arrest warrant would remain in place. I was speechless, feeling terrified and demoralized is an understatement. I could hear the other American guy's voice in my ear saying, I told you so. As I was escorted back to the holding cell, my lawyer apologized to me and said he would further investigate what had just happened and follow up with me as soon as possible. I still had a feeling of shock during the ride back to the prison. I was totally silent. This cannot be happening. Where do we go from here? <laughs>